This is Chief Robert Conti of the Metropolitan Police Department. The truth is, traffic deaths are up in D.C., but I'm encouraged that we can change this outcome with a quick solution. Anytime you're in a car, buckle up. Seatbelts are lifesavers. Let's make Vision Zero a reality in D.C. because together, our roads can be free of tragedy. D.C. police are enforcing seatbelt laws throughout the city. Click it or ticket. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora. Always lit. Talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 13, Episode 69. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thank you for being back with us here this Monday, Steelers Nation, this Victory Monday. And what a victory it was. Pittsburgh beating the Baltimore Ravens 16-13 to on Sunday night to move back to 508-8. And, and Dave, yet again, it was another perfect weekend. I don't know how they keep doing it, but there's somehow... They got a real shot at this thing. They actually do have a real shot at this thing now. Uh, and as you stated, it, I mean, things just keep breaking their way. And also they're doing their part on their end to uh, to win these games uh, on, on top of it these last few weeks. And uh, there is a legitimate shot now, especially when you look at what's going on in, in, in Miami with the quarterback situation. And uh, on top of that, uh, I mean, we'll see what happens in this game, you know, on, on Monday night between the bills and the Bengals. I think Steeler fans probably want to root for the, uh, root for the bills in that one. So, uh, they definitely have something to, to play for when it comes to, to, uh, to, to po- a possible buy, you know, uh, 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 when they play the Patriots in week 18 there, but I mean, it's, it, it's very, it's very fat. It's very plausible that you have the bills beat the Patriots in week 18 and the jets uh, could possibly beat the, uh, beat the dolphins. And then if the Steelers take care of their own business at Acrisure stadium against the Browns, they're in man. I mean, it's, it, it, it's as simple as that right now. They need to win. And you know, the, uh, the, the Patriots and the dolphins can each, you know, uh, either lose or tie because uh, the Steelers need to finish ahead of both those teams. And if either the, the Patriots or Dolphins or both wind up tying, they of course would be eight, eight and one uh, mm-hmm. within that. The Steelers would be of course uh, uh, what uh, nine and eight. Uh, right. uh, in, in, in that. So that would be, you know, they would obviously uh, get the spot in that situation there, but you know, who let's not worry about ties. I mean, they still <laughs> have one game to go and uh, they still need a little bit of help, but boy, you couldn't believe the way uh, both those games broke earlier in the afternoon. Uh, those games being uh, the Patriots beating the dolphins and the uh, Seahawks, obviously beating the uh, New York jets. Yeah, Dave, just just a wild couple of weeks. This team was was three and seven not too long ago. And now they're ringing in the new year with a you know huge victory over the Ravens and, and back to 500 and, and really have a, as you said, realistic shot of everything breaking their way again in week number 18. So 
Before we get into some of the, the housekeeping and roster moves and actives and things of that nature, just have to say, people were mad at me last week for Kenny Pickett not being on the winner's list. I promise you he was on the winner's list this time around. I mean, what a showing from him. I know the box score is not going to indicate how good of a game that was, but Pickett played, to me, easily his best game of the season, and that final drive was a 10 out of 10. Uh, this team grew up last week, Mike Tomlin said. They became men against Baltimore. And you beat uh, Baltimore in that fashion in Baltimore uh, with that much on the line, like was the case last night, you know, fi final drive and having to go, what, 80 yards to do it uh, and some of the plays it took to do it. Yeah, you're right. It, I mean, uh, as, you know, and, and there was that great video this past week, the uh, the Mike Tomlin mic'd up uh, aspect uh, from uh, from the game against the Raiders and uh, you know, saying, Hey, you know, we, we grew up tonight. Well, indeed they did. And, uh, they really grew up as you stated against the Ravens there. So, I mean, we, there were a few things that we, that I had said that I wanted to see out of Kenny Pickett still, uh, and hopefully see in these final few games. And, uh, one of those was pushing the football, uh, down the field and preferably in the middle of the field. Uh, and then the other was to, you know, uh, you know, make a play in inside the red zone, finish, finish one of these key drives that way through the air. And, uh, and boy, did he do that. And, and, you know, out of, uh, out of structure at that, uh, he has now done everything that you really want to see, you know, uh, uh, you know, quarterback do. And now you just want to see more of it. You know, and 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 obviously more points produced on top of it there. So if they can, you know, uh, like I said, we wanted or I wanted to see him do several of these things, and he has now uh, checked. You know, as far as I'm concerned, uh, every box. Same, and we'll talk more about that final drive here in just a little bit. But let's reset things and talk about what happened leading up to the game. Pittsburgh making a roster move on Saturday in promoting defensive lineman Rennell Wren. Uh, from the practice squad to the active roster. He dressed. I don't know if he played in this game. I don't believe one he snap, did. I think. One snap? Yeah, okay. what much uh, if he did. I think uh, the game book shows him as, uh, as, as as one defensive snap in this one. But it was an indication of, of a hint at this team was going to go ultra heavy to stop the run, bring an extra defensive lineman. That generally was the game plan against Baltimore. Uh, from the inactive standpoint, Mark Robinson, of course, dressing, playing heavy snaps in this game, also as we kind of suspected. And uh, credit to you, Dave, on Saturday when this team promoted Ren, we're wondering why did would they do that? What's the inactive and active or inactive uh, active roster going to look like on game day? And you said, hey, Malik Reed might be down again. He was down in the first meeting against Baltimore. He was inactive for this game as they kind of had the Marvin Leal as a de facto number three outside linebacker. And so it was Ren getting the hat over both Jonathan Marshall and Malik Reed. Yeah, look, uh, and, and you, I think what, what really got that for me is going back and looking at, you know, what happened in that game against the Ravens the last time ahead of it. And, you know, I think ahead of that game, didn't Malik have a, a back a issue or something, yeah. but then he, he actually uh, did not have a game status. Uh, going into that game and, and technically ended up being a, a healthy scratch in that one. Uh, it just kind of felt like at that point, because uh, look, I, I, I did not 
see the Wren uh, 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 elevation coming. So <laughs> I almost turned in my projected inactive list a couple hours before that because I was thinking, ah, surely they're, they're, they're not going to make a move the way this injury report is shaking out. But they mm-hmm. did, and I'm glad I held off in that because as soon as they did as, as they did that, as soon as they you know made the, the elevation of Wren, I, I, I really started thinking, man, this is the Ravens. They're going to want to try to have you know, a lot of beef uh, if needed up front there. Uh, Malik Reed was a healthy scratch that last time. He's kind of undersized. He didn't play. Uh, uh, he's not. He's, he doesn't play that much on special teams, hardly any. Uh, it would be kind of foolish to dress him at that point. And uh, that's why at that point I kind of thought that Malik Reed would be the odd man out, and he was. And I think that speaks a lot about what they think mm-hmm. about him uh, now at this point, too. Not not, not that they were very high on him anyway at this point in the season, but uh, right now and going into this final game as well, too, this is going to be a Browns team that's going to try to bludgeon the Steelers on the ground as well, too. So, I don't, I don't know what you know, injuries could obviously shape this thing, but I wouldn't be too terribly shocked as we sit here right now. Malik Reed ends up uh, inactive for the uh, final game. Yeah, if you're inactive in both games against the Ravens, the team that you're defined by, then that's not a good sign there. But uh, yeah, that was the approach. And we'll talk more about Pittsburgh's schematic employment and the things they did differently this time around to much better minimize the Ravens run game as compared to week number 14. But just to, to go back to the statement I made, you know, in, in Pittsburgh and in Baltimore, you're defined by what happens in Steelers Ravens games. It doesn't matter what you do against you know the out of conference opponent or the other you know, AFC uh, other teams, whatever. You're defined by what you do against Baltimore and what this team did against Baltimore on on both sides, offense, defense, but of course focusing around what Kenny Pickett did on that final drive. Those are the things that the right chapters in books get remembered, get talked about a decade from now. And I don't know what's going to happen in week 18 and potentially beyond, but I know we'll be talking about what happened on Sunday night for quite some time. You know, I was, I was thinking back last night as I was trying to unsuccessfully go to sleep for a few hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that worked wonderfully. You got your eight hours and you're, you're fully rested. Yeah, man. Uh, and I'm I'm been battling this back issue too, and it I get these spasms once I lay in bed, and it it makes it doubly triply hard on on top of my other issues. But that's a story for another day. But uh, uh, I was thinking back, you know, uh, that game against the Browns, handful of games in during Ben Roethlisberger's rookie season, uh, when he when he extended the play and, and made that play down the field to Plexico Burris. Uh, oh, I've always kind of considered that the kind of moment, you know, uh, uh, with Ben, uh, kind of becoming Ben, if you will, uh, last night on that, um, several times, really, I mean, even in the first half of that game, Kenny extended one extended a play and uh, out of structure and, and, and kind of threw back to the middle of fi- middle of the field to Pat Frymuth. I think that was a third down play uh, on on top of it there, but there were there were there were a handful of plays in that game against the Ravens uh, from Pickett specifically, and, and you know, you know quite a few of them out of structure where I thought, man, those are some grow up those those are some turning point kind of plays there, and I mean specifically uh, the touchdown. Uh, uh, you know, uh, extended play and then the throw to Najee Harris there. 
I, I think we have an opportunity now to, to circle that play in particular as being, man, that was the moment, you know, uh, there. So look, what I, I don't know what's going to happen with the kid from this point forward, but as I said at the top of the show, we've seen him do, in my opinion, everything that we want to see a young franchise quarterback do now do what I like to see him be able to push the football down the field even more. You know, I don't think he's ever going to be kind of the long ball guy. Let's say that, you know, like Joe Burrow is, or or definitely like, you know, some of the more stronger arm guys like, like Josh Allen, uh, those kind of guys. I don't, you know, we'll see, you know, uh, but you know, he, that throw to Steven Sims in the middle of the field. I mean, mm. uh, that's a tight window, middle of the field, down the field throw. You know, you're not going to find uh, 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 many better throws than that. And then once again, you know, some of the things he's done out of structure. So, you know, in short, you know, uh, look, <laughs> this was classic Steelers Ravens, right? Or at least what we've uh, known Steelers Ravens to be for, 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 for some time now. Uh, I think we have an opportunity maybe to, to, to circle this game as a, as a look back moment, you know, down the road. And we'll obviously see how, how Pickett keeps going from here. But once again, I, I think there were several instances in that game that, that made me say, okay, well, these were the, the final few boxes that I wanted to see him check. Absolutely. And I, I mentioned the same that if Kenny Pickett becomes the guy, if, Two years from now, we're talking about he is the true franchise quarterback, the true heir to Ben's throne. We're talking about this Ravens game on January 1st of 2023 as the breakout game, the catalyst. I mean, obviously, he did that against the Raiders at the at the end there. But I think start to finish Pickett was better in this game than he was against Las Vegas. I think the final drive was more difficult, more impressive than it was against the Raiders, not discrediting what he did against the Raiders to, to, to bring the team back. A really strong final drive there, but uh, the high level throws to Frymuth, to Sims, to Harris, I mean, three, you know, top tier A plus plays in, in, and again, the moment as well on the road, Baltimore, season on the line, prime time, et cetera, et cetera. Um, can't say enough about that performance. And again, the box score doesn't look all that impressive. I mean, what were the final numbers on Pickett? He went 15 to 27, a buck 68 and a touchdown, but. You watch the tape, you watch those exact plays, and you watch what he did in the critical moments. You sit there and say that is a that is a wow performance. I mean, uh, you know, and, and here's the thing: how, how did we say the Pittsburgh Steelers were going to win games this year? Probably running the football, probably playing good defense, and 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 not turning the football over, right? <laughs> yep. Low scoring, close game. Uh, uh, I, you know, and if you go back to Roethlisberger's rookie season too, that's I mean, twenty seven attempts. You know, uh, you know, I'm not going to criticize. Here, here's the thing. He's he he can make plays out of structure now. OK, if, if there's anything that you want to see now from Kitty Pickett it's maybe more plays in structure. But you're you, as you go through a season when you're going to win games at the NFL level, there are going to be games where you probably need to make two or three plays out of structure. And. Uh, and he, he has the ability to do that. I think last night there were one or two plays where you, where you saw him step, step up into the pocket and, 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 uh, maneuver in the pocket and make a couple of plays in there. So that was good to see as well, too. So, uh, look, I mean, I, 
in, in today's NFL, I mean, everything seems to be kind of cyclical, right? You know, in, in, in the NFL, uh, right now it seems to be, man, if you can run the ball, uh, uh, effectively, not turn it over, get about four explosive plays in the game, uh, you, you can win some of these games. I mean, scoring seems to be down a little bit across, uh, quite a bit across the NFL, uh, in here. And I mean, they, they won this game in kind of old 2004, five, six kind of fashion there, play good defense, run the football, uh, don't turn the football over and, and, and make a few plays in the final drive of the game. So yeah, his box score probably is not going to reflect that. I mean, but, but go, you know, kind of go through the incompletions real quick, Alex. I mean, um, the, uh, the, the, the end zone fade, fade to, uh, George Pickens. I mean, that ball was on the money. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, people will probably say, I, you know, I don't like the call. You know, you don't like the call when it's, when, when it's not successful, but I thought the ball was on the money there. Yeah, uh, I, I thought the call was fine. I mean, yeah. you know, Pickens is jump ball machine and sir backup corner. Give your guy a, sh- a, a chance. Absolutely. I mean, let's, um, I need to sort some of these so I can uh, go through some of these incompletions, uh, that, that that he had here. I thought uh, even the, the 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 on that last drive, the uh, double move to Deontay was a really well thrown ball back one of the end right. zone outside shoulder, only where Deontay could get it, just you know couldn't make the play. But even on that final drive, the incompletions were impressive. Yeah, let's see. He had an incomplete uh, short left to Najee. Was that uh, that was down? Uh, uh, at the end of the first drive, was it not? Uh, and and I think. Uh, ca- uh, yeah, I think that was a kind of corner into the end zone. There was his uh, first incompletion. Is that correct? Where was he down the distance? Yard line was yeah, seven. it was yeah, the, yeah. It was Pickett. I think referenced that in the post game. It was similar to the touchdown where he, th- he was scrambled, drill right. through back shoulder that time, and and I think Smith had made a, a decent contest on that one. And then the second uh, incompletion was the uh, was the throw to Pickens in the end zone. Uh, the third one was uh, it was actually a completed ball to Pickens, but it was an illegal touching uh, pass. Uh, let's see. The next one was an incomplete short right to Deontay Johnson. Do you remember what happened there? Uh, six I don't. 23. I don't, I'm not recalling that one. Uh, another incomplete short right to Firemuth. I don't know. Was that one that maybe Firemuth dropped? No, that was a throw kind of right middle where Clark came in and, and had a good good coverage on it. All right. Another one uh, incomplete short right to Firemuth with Urban. Uh, that might have been a knock. That was a bat that down was the, right there. Yeah, that was the bat. Uh, let's see. Then you have an incomplete short left to Deontay Johnson. And that, that might have been the rush by uh, Kyle Hamilton. Free free rush off the edge, I think, on, on that one, maybe. Uh incomplete short middle to 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 Deontay Johnson with pressure from Houston on that one uh some of these aren't sticking out of my head right now but uh overall once again uh not not going to fault him for you know low low number of attempts and you know completing the passes they did the the, the, the key aspect is the, those ones that he completed on that final drive when they absolutely had to have it. And, you know, they, they did a very good job, I think, overall of staying in third and manageable in this game as well, too, right? Yeah, they were 10 of 16 on third down. One of the most impressive stats is before the bye, they were the 27th ranked third down offense at, I think it was around 33%. And, you know, heading into this game, they were the second best third down offense since to buy 52% to go 10 for 16, 62 and a half percent in this game. So they're probably sitting 
53, 54% post buy right up there with Dallas for the best mark in the league. So that's, that's partly a better run game, getting in more manageable situations, but you still have to execute in a bunch of quarterback sneaks and Derek Watt dives and, and good plays by Pickett throwing the football um, 10 to 16 on third down. Those are winning numbers. Looks like they went uh, third and one, third and two, third and one, third and two, third and three, third and five, third and three. Then there was a third and 14, uh, third and four, third and four, third and four, third and 10, third and 18, a third and one, third and one, and a third and eight uh, within there. So a lot of those, as I, as I mentioned, five, uh, five yards or, 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 or fewer needed in those situations there. And man, if you stay ahead of the chains like that, and especially look, the, uh, the Ravens for a long time in that game are playing too high, right. You know, uh, kind of inviting, inviting the run too. Yeah. I, I want to talk about, you know, obviously Pickett's performance was excellent and that's going to get all the attention as it should, but man, how about the play of this offensive line? I thought they were really good across the board in this one. I know Baltimore missing some pieces. Clay's Campbell being out was a, a, a big loss for them, but I thought run game pass protection, you know, not that they weren't perfect, but I, I thought the whole line is, is in, in general was, was really good in this game, giving Pickett lots of time, keeping the pocket clean, and what they did as a run block unit, getting a push up front, first level movement um, to run for a buck 98 mm-hmm. against Baltimore. Hats off to this offensive line. Look, and you, and yeah, they were without Calais Campbell, but they got a couple of talented linebackers in that second level with uh, Queen and, uh, and, and and Roquan Smith, obviously. And, uh, you know, it, 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 it kind of felt like what the Ravens have done to the Steelers in past line, past uh, line. Uh, line always seemed to get the good push off of the uh, off, off off the snap, and then the then you know it seemed like four or five yards per carry, and 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 you know the runner always falling forward at the end. So some really really good hard running uh, in this game. Man, Jalen Warren, twelve carries, seventy six yards, both uh, both uh, season highs uh, for him and. Mixed in that 76 yards was that that key 31 yard run there. I think even the first drive there and <laughs> you go back to that. I, I recall in that game against the uh, Ravens that last time I thought, man, they asking Gunnar Olszewski to do things. He probably doesn't need <laughs> to do. Well, uh, call this one Gunner's revenge. If you will, <laughs> uh, uh, Cause he was out there in space. And I think it was the last time uh, uh, it was uh, Marlon Humphrey that, that uh, sat him down, if you will. Well, this time uh, Gunner right. got, got the best of uh, Marlon Humphrey out there on the edge. And that helped spur that, 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 that long run there. And you know me, it took me a long time to come down from that 31 yard run during that game. Cause you know me and, and, and loving those explosive, uh, explosive runs, but, uh, they, they, they all ran hard. There was some good split zone, uh, action. And, and even I think Matt Bowen this morning, uh, has got the early version of the all 22 end zone, uh, tape there. Uh, there's a good instance. I want to split split flow zone with, with, with the jet motion of, uh, of Najee doing a really good job of navigating, uh, right before he gets to the second level to find some running room, uh, in there as well, too. So, uh, both the backs I thought were tremendous, uh, carrying the football. I think that's represented, as you said, for by 198 yards, uh, on the ground. And, and yeah, I know Calais Campbell was out for them, but, uh, to get that kind of, uh, rushing yardage on the ground against the Ravens, 
uh, you've you've done something. And once again, uh, testament to this offensive line has grown. I mean, I remember talking ahead of the season, man, thinking, "Good Lord, have mercy! What you know? What's what's going to happen here with this offensive line?" But you know, with them being able to stay healthy mm-hmm. and have that continuity uh, all season, all season, it really has. Uh, paid off for them, uh, uh, especially after the buy. This team is six and two after the buy, if you can believe mm. it. NBC saying that the Steelers are the only O line in football to have the same starting five every single game of the season. And for a young group that had to grow, endure those growing pains and ups and downs and struggles, um, you're seeing the benefit of that health, that continuity, that growth pay off here during this stretch run. 198 yards against Baltimore. Most Pittsburgh's had against the Ravens since 1997. And so, I mean, the Ravens just do not allow yards like this. Last time Baltimore allowed a buck 98 to anyone in a regulation game was 2013. So it's been a decade and Pittsburgh just ran so hard. Even on, I was laughing at the the picture you posted late last night of the first uh, fullback dive to Derek Watt. Mm-hmm. And it, it felt like, Watt was kind of leaning initially because he thought there'd be something in front of him to lean into, but the line got such a push that they're blowing the Ravens three yards off the football and Watt easily picks up the first down, gets three yards on that play. So that kind of just early set the tone about how physical Pittsburgh was going to be in this matchup. Yeah, look, and 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 that's what you're going to need, especially with a young quarterback, uh, uh, you know, moving forward. And, and uh, that game, I the good thing about that game is it never got out of hand for them, and they were able to to to, to stick with the run uh, even later on in the game there. And you know that kind of balance, and and once again, uh, them managing to stay in those third and shorter shorter situations for most of the game uh, that that helped win them help win them the game. Yeah, um, you know what, what on quarterback sneaks. I mean, it was even. Whatever it takes. He's, Whatever good, he's Harris, good at that, man. I tell yeah. you. Uh, Find the it, bubble. Yeah. If you look at I think he's 13 for 13. Pickett is 13. And not all of them are quarterback sneaks, but a good, most of them are. Uh, Kenny Pickett is 13 of 13 when needing one or two yards uh, uh, you know, on the season here. I think that takes in last night. Or does it? I, oh, I, I, sure. I don't, Yeah, it's got last night's in here. Yeah. Najee Harris deserves an assist for that, that final one, though, because he uh, he picked up Kenny Pickett and, and, and put him across the first down marker there. But, yeah, this line did a great job. The backs ran hard. Jalen Warren just, you know, he just does so many things for this team, Dave, whether you're talking blocking, pass game as a check down option, good hands, some tough, good hand catches by Jalen Warren last night. Najee Harris as well, um, but Warren downhill as a runner, special teams, just energy, tempo just does it all and and just has that undrafted free agent mentality, that big chip on his shoulder. Just love watching that guy play and what he's able to do big things and small. Look, the, the single best thing they have done uh, through through the second half of this season is start giving him uh, more touches and start alleviating some of the work off of off of Najee Harris. Uh, uh, that and, and we've said this a few times in the last you know, several weeks when it comes to Jalen Warren. I mean, that, that guy is an all purpose back that you can put out there uh, in any given situation that you want to, you know, a lot of times you see some of these backs, you'll go back to, you know, Milwaukee Moore and, 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 and stuff like that guys that probably mostly you'd only put out there. I mean, you could put out, put them out there as a change of kind of series guys, 
but but mostly it was kind of more of a you know a, a change of a pace a guy that you'd use in a passing game. Uh, Jalen Warren can pass protect for you. Uh, he can catch the ball out of uh, out of the backfield. He can run in between the tackles. He can run outside the tackles uh, for you. So those two right now, uh, and and I, it's imperative that you keep the workload down on 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 Najee. I think and. Uh, I think that's played a big part that that along with the offense line, you know, the cohesion of the offense line, uh, all of that mixed together, I think, is what what has really elevated this team's running game to this point. Look, the, the only thing that I, I really think would like to see that more uh, out of this running game at this point is just more of those uh, tenor tenor, you know, what what the what. Mike Tomlin would probably term an explosive run. I obviously think of them as 20 yards or, 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 or longer, but I think NFL circles, they think of them as 10 yards or longer. That's really the only thing I think right now when it comes to the running game that you'd like to see more of. Yeah, but hey, I'll take what happened last night every day of the week because 198 consistently running well, avoiding, generally speaking, negative plays. There were a couple in this one that's going to happen when you're facing this Ravens team, when you're running well, one the time, ball to Cole, slip. Cole, Cole yeah. got pushed right on back. In, yeah. And in, in a, in a negative, what was that, negative seven uh, run on that one? Yeah, I think Najee was trying to do a little bit too much there, but but overall, you know, that's going to happen occasionally. Uh, many more positive plays than negative ones, and, and I thought the line was was excellent. So just want to shout, even in pass protection, giving Pickett a lot of time there um, against a, a tough Ravens team with some good pass rushers that can present some, some different looks. I thought this offensive line, you know, as much as they were criticized for early in the season by myself, by others, and rightfully so, they have gotten a whole lot better. Yeah. Uh, no, look, can they, they, they still need to address this, the depth of this line, but I, I bet they're, you know, Mike Tomlin had a pretty profound kind of uh, quote after the game when I asked about the offensive line, right? Yeah, he said something to the effect of, you guys don't ask me ask me about the offensive line anymore. So that means they're, they're playing better. And so he's kind of very much had that, that steady line of they're getting better. They're going to keep playing. They're going to keep growing. And that's exactly what's happened. He says, uh, uh, he was asked about the offensive line play. He says, those guys have been on, on the upswing all year. Matter of fact, you guys stopped asking me about them in a negative light. That's probably a good thing. Yeah, that <laughs> damn sure is uh, uh, when it comes to that. But uh, whew, uh, line moving forward, uh, you, 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 you're picking up the short yardage situation. Can he pick it good in quarterback sneak uh, situations there? Uh, negative plays are, are, are uh, behind the line of scrimmage are obviously uh, way down on top of it. You're getting both of your backs on the field and 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 mixing it up in there. Had a couple times when I think they even had two in the backfield last night, did they not? Yeah, they've been mixing with some of those pony looks. Um you know, last couple of weeks, I think our charting would have to reflect exactly how much that's been used and when that started. But it, it, this is not the first time that it's occurred. Um, and they've all just right. been doing some different different wrinkles with that. So just finding ways to utilize all their talent. Connor Hayward played quite a bit in this game. So they're really, you know, mixing and matching their whole personnel. Now you just want to see the offense score more points, right? Right. Still, 16 points isn't uh, generally going to be enough, but that is a very tough Ravens defense, not allowing many points. And and so I thought, you know, they, they didn't always finish their drives as well as they could have. You did have a Boswell miss field goal in that one. So that was a chance for points that, that was you know not capitalized by the special teams unit. But, you know, I'm just happy that they were able to finish this one and, and make the plays when they had to. 
man, from where from where uh, you uh, this this offense was, you know, in week one, you know, or, or where we thought this offense was going to start off at ahead of the season, uh, to where this offense is right now, uh, you know, is 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 quite a development there. Yeah, I mean, it's not always reflected in the points per game, but it's reflected in numbers like not turning the football over, zero turnovers in this game. How about time of possession? Had the ball for 34 minutes and 14 seconds. Dave, they ran 70 plays in this game. Baltimore ran 50 plays in this game. So you're controlling the ball, controlling the clock, winning at the line of scrimmage to win late, um, putting drives together when you have to. Again, not an offense that's going to score 30, not an offense that's going to be a big pass passing attack they have to run the ball efficiently successfully in order to compete to keep scores down to, to maintain possession of the football they can't they're not built to go toe-to-toe for the the bills and the chiefs and teams like that but they have found their identity they have found their winning formula and those were things they didn't have the first half of the season four explosive plays last night i think three came in the fourth quarter wow three in the fourth quarter that yeah that's huge and the other one i guess was the jalen warren 31 right. yard yard run there so yeah, and I think you said Baltimore only had one explosive right, play. Right, right. Uh, Plus the it, turnover, so talk stat very much in Pittsburgh's favor. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and it felt like Baltimore had more than one uh, for some reason, but it was only one. And, and, and as you state, state we, you throw, you have the explosive play differential, and then you throw in the uh, uh, throw in the uh, turnover differential there, and it says the, says the Steelers should have won that game. And, and here we did. are. And they did. Yeah. A uh, quick look at the past game. The receivers, again, very much a, a typical Steelers contest where the ball was spread around. I mean, six receivers caught passes. They all caught either two or three. Nobody caught more than three. Nobody caught just one. It was concentrated to six players. But they made plays. Harris on the touchdown. Warren check down options. Some big third down conversions. Firemuth and, and scramble drills on third down. Same with George Pickens. Deontay Johnson, his yak. I think you noted that, Dave. And Steven Sims making plays as well none bigger than the 28-yarder on that final drive. And so everybody doing their part in this game. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I think that one play what, had to have been his uh, longest yak of the year, right? Uh, you cut out there. Can you repeat exactly what you said? Hello? Okay, I, I, I said that, that one play that uh, Deontay had, it had to be his longest yak of the year. I'd have to look. I'm not how long, how much Yak was on that play. I don't. It was. I don't know. I, I, quite a bit. I'll tell you that. Okay. Yeah, it was a good post catch play on the right side there. But again, everybody doing their part. Even 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 though it was a quiet game for Pickens, that third and fourteen catch he had, big conversion there. Um, just a, a well rounded team effort, which is kind of how this team's been winning games since the bye week. Absolutely. So, Dave, any other thoughts here with the Steelers offense? Again, a very Steelers-like game, ran the ball a lot, ran it effectively, one on third down, um, possessed the ball, took care of the football. All the boxes this team must check to win, and they did. Yeah, look, I, I mean, we've, we've smelled the offense quite a bit here now, and as I state, stated, all, you know, the only thing, you want to see more points now. Right, right, but uh, hopefully that will come with time, and what Kenny Pickett showed hopefully lends itself to to scoring more in the future. So Pittsburgh's defense, Baltimore, you know, they ran the ball, they got theirs. And, and you know, we knew that this team was not going to hold the Ravens to 35 yards rushing. That's just not something that Baltimore does. But a buck 20 in this one, was it perfect? No. Was there some sloppiness, some missed tackles? J.K. Dobbins getting more daylight, some ne- should be negative plays to turn into positive plays for the Ravens. All those things are true. But bottom line is, 
He didn't allow 215 the way you allowed it the first time. 120 in this game, no backbreaking type plays. He won. You know, I, I thought on the run defense, Pittsburgh won the the early portions of the game. They won the late portions of the game. In the middle, it got a bit soft, but overall, I'm I'm happy with the job the run defense did. Yeah, and they came out once again, like we said at the top of the show, they they, they came out initially or, you know, came out with the idea they were going to go heavy up front. They were going to say, hey, look, uh, uh, you, you're not going to run the football on us. They they did. And, you know, we obviously haven't looked at the all 22 yet, but uh, uh, they, they did seem to have a little bit of uh, success early on there or at times throughout the game. But uh, when it got into big big situations there, short yardage, they were able to, you know, they were able to get some stops in some key situations there. Yeah, there were some really critical stops, third and short, third and one, third and two type moments in this game where Pittsburgh really stood tall. There was one, I want to find the play here. I just just had it a moment ago and now I'm losing it. It was a third and two, 509 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, Ravens at their 44, J.K. Dobbins stopped at the line of scrimmage, forcing a punt that eventually led up to the the, the picket game winning uh, touchdown drive. And so that was that's one of those plays you want to mark down there. Third and two run stuff to get the ball back. Um, so, again, there were some issues, but I thought early and late and in, in, in critical moments, this run defense stepped up. But you're right. They went heavy. They ran their 4-4 defense. So four true defense alignment to Marvin Leal being that fourth defense alignment. Mark Robinson in the game over Devin Bush. And uh, that was a package that, you know, seemed to work pretty well. Well, that speaks volumes. Uh, you know, I, I thought maybe there'd be a chance that we see a little bit of Mark Robinson in this game. I, I didn't think we'd see that much of it. Uh, he he played a lot. And look, I, I think one of the bigger complaints, especially in the first, you know, first three quarters of the game uh, overall, was the fact that too, too many yards after contact. They they had some situations where they, uh, I, I think a couple times they could have had them right at about one or, you know, one or two yards or even uh, a time or two in, 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 in the backfield there. Mm-hmm. And they didn't get it there. You know, a couple of missed, <clears throat> a couple of missed tackles in there. And, and once again, uh, I thought the Ravens were, were getting way too many yards after contact kind of early in this thing, but uh, uh, almost like we've seen several times throughout throughout the season, especially in some of these wins, they settled down and, you know, you go back to, you go back to that game against the Ravens, you know, the last time they gave, you know, they gave up what the 200 something yards, but they held the score down, you know, uh, where, where is, where is that fine line at, you know? Yeah, I think it comes down to situational football. And again, in that week 14 matchup, the Ravens ran out the clock. They were trying to do so in this one. I go back to that third and two play where in week 14, Pittsburgh allows that one. And in, in week 17, Pittsburgh stuffs that one. And that's kind of the differences in the margin of the game. So again, Baltimore always going to have success on the ground. That's their identity. It's how they're built, especially without Lamar Jackson. Still, the passing game has been really nerfed and is pretty non-existent. But can you win in those big weighty moments? Pittsburgh did routinely in this game. Baltimore on third down, they were just five of 12. And so those are winning numbers for your defense overall. But yeah, that 4-4 defense, you know, it's based off of, personnel and what the Ravens do. So when they come out in one receiver looks, let's say, you know, 22 personnel, 13 personnel, that's when Pittsburgh brings their big people in to match Ricard, match Oliver, all those guys in their 4-4 defense. So it was, you know, Robinson played a ton. It was really tied to what Baltimore was doing, but they played well. Uh, Leal played well. 
And, and that was effective package overall. Really had it not been for the Miles Jack injury. Should note that, Jack, uh, that groin injury has been bugging him for weeks now left. In the first half of this game, Devin Bush came in, got some snaps. But really, Devin Bush was a non-factor in this game, at least in terms of the mm-hmm. game plan. It was Spillane every down, Robinson 4-4, um, Jack mixing in in a bit of you know traditional base and some nickel defenses, and Devin Bush really not having a role. And so that also speaks volumes to Steelers-Ravens. You got we want guys who stop the run, play the run the best. Pittsburgh saying Devin Bush was not that guy. Right, and he's he's not that guy moving forward, obviously. And uh, it, it is... Look, you're you're still in this thing. You're uh, you're 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 obviously winning games, and you're able to finally get Mark Robinson on the field and get him some snaps. So you're 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 crossing off a lot of things there at, at one time. Uh, he, I, I think it's going to show him being a little bit too aggressive and and maybe being out of some gaps on the all twenty two. But as Mike Thomas says, rather say woe than sick him, right? Uh, uh, in that, I, and and I think there was a time or two that Edmonds had to communicate something maybe to him uh, in that uh, on defense. I think that'll be another thing that, that sticks out. But uh, that that guy's not afraid to put the uh, put the motorcycle helmet on and, and stick his head <laughs> through the wall. You know, yeah, he's a bull in a china shop, and there's going to be some broken glass sometimes that you don't want to break. But you know, more often not than not, he's making the right play, making the good play. I, I don't think he's overly aggressive in the sense of, the, of totally abandoning assignments and, and playing so outside of structure that, that, that it's a major problem, but all learning experiences for him. So I know that Robinson will be talked about the most in this game because of the excitement about him getting snaps and, and the overall effectiveness of him in this run defense. But how about how about Bob Spillane? Robert Spillane, what a game by him. Nine tackles, all situations guy, you know, taking down screens, great open field tackles, taking down Tyler Huntley on a couple of quarterback design runs. I thought Spillane was was maybe the guy that played the best best football in this game. He must have listened to us uh, in that last podcast, huh? Uh, <laughs> he did. He did play a very good game in, in in their overall. And and when you're when you're playing teams like that 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 are determined to run downhill on you, uh, you need a force equal and opposite force going the other direction. And and he he was that man. You know, he obviously has his warts, but uh, he is. He's played enough in these games, right, against the Ravens. Right. That that uh, I mean, when when you think about it, I mean, uh, of guys on that defense, how many guys on that defense has played as in, in as many Ravens Steelers games as he has? Only a couple. I mean, Watt, obviously, Hayward. Cam and 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 Watt, but you know, there's not many of them. I mean, Alawalu's played in a handful of them at this point. Yeah, I mean there are some Minka and Edmonds and the you know Cam Sutton, but bottom line is, I mean for the for the front seven group, that linebacker group, not many. And what Spillane did in this game reminds me of what he showed in training camp. He was just everywhere, no matter what the play was, you know, short pass game, run game, quarterback design game. Robert Spillane was a dude making the play, and so as you said, he has limitations. Those are clear, those are obvious, well documented. But uh, this guy's really smart. They trust him. He's fundamental. Played much better in this game than he did against Week 14. And you're seeing why he's become the guy in that off-ball linebacker room, in part due to injuries. But still, he's playing over Devin Bush considerably, and Bush is 100% healthy. So um, you really see why this team likes Robert's playing. Absolutely. 
Any other thoughts here with this uh, front seven, this run defense? Again, just steady. Cam was excellent. Um, the line just seemed to be in position, holding the point of attack. The outside linebackers playing well. TJ Watt, a nice game for him. He was really giving Morgan Moses trouble on the right side. Picks up a sack, a couple of quarterback hits. So, um, you know, just front seven playing playing as, a, as, a, as an 11-man or a 7-man unit to, to make up that really sound run defense. Yeah, look, there was a couple of times, too, probably a couple of interceptions they could have had in this game. One by, uh, what, Cam Sutton, I think, uh, early. And I'm trying to think if there's another one in there I had circled and all. But, uh, uh, you know, I... I Take your hat off and hand it to them the way they played in the, the defensively in the second half overall. Uh, man, once again, it seemed like uh, this was going to be each team was only going to get the ball like four times in this game. Uh, <laughs> well, the first quarter, there were two I, I know. Yeah, and, and that's why I said it, 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 it kind of felt like uh, it was going to be a very limited possession game, and it was. But uh, uh, the Ravens' final four possessions: four plays, three plays, three plays, and five plays. Uh, mm. That 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 really speaks volumes, you know, about uh, about how that defense played in that second half. It, it does, and that's the difference between you know Baltimore running for one twenty still seems like a pretty nice number. What's the difference? Second half play, big stops late. Again, very similar to the Raiders game um, over the last. Four games in the second half. So the last four second halves of games for the Pittsburgh Steelers, they've only allowed 15 points and they've only allowed three over the last two. Shut out the Raiders in the second half, allowed a field goal to Baltimore in the second half. So, you know, I'm not even sure if that's adjustments as it really just as making plays and, you know, stepping up when the game's on the line, when the season is on the line. And, and this defense has done a, a masterful job of that. Really, really has. Well, and, you know, like old Keith Butler, you say, keep, keep it, you know, 17 points or under, you're going to win a lot of games. Yeah, and that's the mantra for both these teams. Both teams held under 17 points, but Pittsburgh coming away with a victory 16 to 13. So uh, secondary play, Minka calling game again. It wasn't, you know, I think maybe it had a miscommunication, I assume, on, on that last throw by Tyler Huntley, but it always seems to be when, when there's an interception to be had, a ball over the middle, 39's finding it. And he's got a magnet in him, doesn't he? He does. He does. He, he, and even on that ankle that, you know, when that injury happened, we're like, oh, my God. To make I thought it, it was just, Achilles. I thought yeah. it was Achilles the way he grabbed at the back of his because, you know, y'all, uh, you always try to look at see where, where they grab initially there. And he grabbed at the back, the back of that. And and, and you, you didn't have that that, you know, once they showed that extra replay. I, it, I, you know, you felt a lot more confident that it was an ankle at that point, but the initial uh, TV view of him going down and grabbing, I thought, Oh Lord, please don't let that be an Achilles. But uh, man, he went out and got, I guess, got it, you know, went, got it taped up and, 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 and came back in. I think he said after the game, it, it hurt, <laughs> it, it hurt. And I imagine it did the way you look at that uh, TV replay and how it, how, how he twisted that ankle there. But uh Props to him coming back out and 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 making a play to end it there. Uh, it was funny to hear T Tyler Huntley talk after the games. You know what 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 was he trying to do on that final interception? He says, uh, you know, trying to make a play. You know, uh, Mika made a play. <laughs> That's what he does. Yeah, you know. So uh, uh, and look, you needed lead that needed that because there there was still time in that game, and obviously you yeah. got the best kicker in the NFL on the other side and. They get anywhere close to 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 midfield, you start thinking that that that's Tucker range there. So uh, to take the ball away from them and just end it just like that, 
you know, that's how great, you know, Raven Steeders games end up going. Minka got that Mason Cole tape, wrapped that thing up as tight as you could. Dude probably can't put his shoes on today because probably. that ankle's probably so uh, so swollen. But, yeah, that's a warrior-type moment. How many big plays has Minka had against the Ravens? Think about the, the breakup he had, you know, last year. Uh, and that, uh, I think, yeah, it was last year. And that uh, sideline play to, I think, Hollywood Brown and, and the plays he made in this one, the interception. Career-high interceptions for Minka Fitzpatrick. Six interceptions, even more than he had in that first season in wow. 2019 coming over in Pittsburgh. The only two players since... 2000 to have six interceptions in a season for the Steelers are, are Minka Fitzpatrick and Troy Polamalu. And so those, that's a great company to be in. And they've been, and, and, and we talked to you go back. Uh, there, there, there's a handful of interceptions. They probably could have very easily had. And I know if you go through all the team's tapes throughout the season, there's a whole bunch of woulda, coulda, shouldas and all like that. But there's been a, quite a few of them that have been in some arms that they probably should have had. So the fact that they, uh, they've had the amount of interception that that's been the big, that, that, that's what's, you know, that's played a big part in them being where they are right now record-wise, you know? Yep, and they are currently now tied for the league lead in picks with 18 tied with New England. So they had the lead solely uh, coming into this weekend. Now they're tied for first place with the one, I guess, New England had at least two in this game. But, uh, yeah, 18 interceptions, uh, and, and that was a big one there to, to close things out. Other than that, the secondary, you know, Mark Andrews, much more of an impact in this game on benders, on crosses, had Edmonds on him early. That didn't work. Even Minka didn't always have success against Andrews later in the game, including the play that he got hurt on. Um, so Andrews got his. But beyond that, there really are no other viable threats in the pass game for the Ravens. Uh, likely did have the touchdown, a nice route, good matchup against Arthur Millette. I guess we should talk about that moment now, Day with mm-hmm. Cam Hayward. It's uh, third and I was wondering when you're going to get to it. Well, because they, had they lost, we've been leading the show with this one. Um, you know, all is well that ends well, I guess, uh, for, for this one. But third and 16, 22 seconds left in the first half. The Ravens just to give up drop play to basically run clock going to the half to try to kick a field goal. Uh, so Dobbins gets tackled for seven. And there's kind of a, a little, you know, scrum, little pile up there. Cam Hayward flagged for a necessary roughness, 15-yard penalty. Uh, or half the distance, whatever it was. And then uh, Ravens get first set of downs. Next play, throw a touchdown to likely uh, to take that lead in the halftime. I'm not one to complain about the refs too much. I let other people do that. It's pretty easy to do any any given game, but that was just just, just a bad call by the officials. Yeah, and at first, uh, I didn't think it was. I thought it was somebody else maybe doing something in the pile because surely it can't be Cam Hayward going to take you know take a penalty uh, mm-hmm. such as that uh, initially. But uh, man, I mean, immediately right after that when they started started showing the uh, started showing the replays, it's a little bit little bit trigger happy uh in, in you know in, in, in my view and i you know you even go back even farther and look at it he's 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 getting pulled down around his around his you know uh the call the collar of his neck he's getting pulled down back into the pile and at that point his arms coming down he makes contact with the ref in that situation now i think the the actual uh pull report you know after the game uh land clark said i'm going to quote here uh, well, there was some pushing and shoving after the play. Number 97 continued to push after the play, and that's why it was called. Well, they, they were all kind of pushing each mm-hmm. other down in there. It just so happened that, that, that Cam Hayward was was on was on top of it, you know, o- o- overall there. But uh, after a key third down stop, these two teams, there's obviously emotion in this game. Uh, there, was a, there was some jawing throughout this game overall. 
anyway there. Uh, it, it just, it, it, it felt kind of ticky tack for the situation. And, you know, look, I, I know you can't go through and, and, and have every single thing reviewed, uh, but it sure felt like some sort of overruling should have happened in this one, because once again, he was getting pulled back down onto the pile. And if, if had that, that, that extra action at that point, not happened, I don't think I don't was the flag hadn't been thrown at that point. Had it, I think it's hard to tell on the TV copy of it. Yeah. I'm not sure. When, All I know when, when the flag was actually thrown. Right. I, I couldn't tell you the exact timeline there. All I know is that if pushing and shoving some very light pushing and shoving in a Steelers Ravens game is a flag, then there are some games from a decade ago that should involve a rest because pushing and shoving in a Steelers Ravens game is about as tame as, as Steelers Ravens get. And, you know, Hayward was on top of the pile. He's trying to get off the pile as well. So it's partly just him trying to, he's like crowd surfing the Ravens, you know, bodies there. And, and that's just kind of the, the moment there. So to me, none of that warranted a flag that Steelers Ravens, you know, that when you're officiating that one, that is as, as mild and tame as it gets in, in matchups like this one. Right. Right. Um, so I mean, that and, and that, I mean, that, you, you talk about a turning point, man, oh, yeah. uh, that, that, that most definitely could have been, uh, something that would have been incredible, you know, tough to overcome at that point, because the very next play, I mean, you go from getting a stop and a sure three point, I mean, that's a four point, four point swing and, and the whole momentum thing, you know, that goes along with it at that point. Uh, uh, glad, glad, it didn't, glad we didn't have to lead off with that. Amen to that. And then I know on the sideline, there was a, a bit of a confrontation between Minka and Cam Hayward, which is all, much ado about nothing. I think what happened there was Fitzpatrick didn't even know what the flag was for. Just saw a penalty, was upset about you know that, and Hayward trying to say, "Hey man, I didn't do anything. I don't even know why they called this one." So that's I know that those things always get attention when they happen on the sideline. But to me, that's that's a nothing burger there. Right, right. I just emotion. Yeah, yeah. Um. So anyway, but besides that, you know, Pittsburgh playing clean, and again, should Hayward should not have been flagged for that one. Not not even close to it, to a penalty there. Um, but any other final thoughts here on the Steelers defense? Uh, man, TJ Watt can t- still kind of take over a game in certain situations and, and you need that, right? Yeah. Uh, he was winning the edge consistently, just trying to find his footing and, and finish the play against the mobile quarterback. I thought overall the contain on Huntley got better as the game went on early on some escape lanes there, maybe some holds that weren't called, but you know, I won't complain more about the officials there. TJ Watt now has 77 sacks through six seasons since sacks became official in 1982. The only players with more sacks through their first six seasons are Reggie white and Demarcus Ware. Uh TJ Watt passing up uh, JJ Watt, older brother retiring and Bruce Smith. And so, um, Despite all the injuries and the lackluster stats, T.J. Watt still, uh, you know, having big historic numbers at this point in his career. What about the kitty fall down sack? Uh, we disagree on this one, unless yeah. you change your mind. No, I mean, I and look, I, I heard, I, I understand. I mean, his answer after the game, you know, no, no don't want to play hero ball in that situation and all like that, but it's. It sure seemed like uh, it was uh, uh, Sands running through the hourglass waiting uh, uh, once he went down there. I mean, I understand tripping and all like that. I mean, I understand, and, and I, I have no problem with his answer after the game. It's just get up and throw the damn football away. 
I know, and I get that, but Kenny doesn't have the view that we have of the wide-eye lens of the TV camera. He has no idea who's around him. He just, you don't practice being tripped on a bootleg, and you don't know if there's a backside player or frontside player, and it's not being blocked on those boots. And the last thing you need is to try to get up where your ball security isn't perfect as you're trying to get to your feet. You get hit, ball squirts out. You don't need to risk that stuff. You cannot have turnovers in this game. I know it looks silly. It looks bad. I said it in, in real time. I have no problem. Turtle, as much as you want there, go. He went full Peyton Manning, and that's fine with me. Just turtle, take the sack, fight another down. Yeah, I just, it, it seemed, uh, you know, it seemed like that was about a 15-minute segment uh, <laughs> uh, with within all that. Like, everything was moving in slow motion at that point. And once again, you know, and uh, I guess I sh- should kind of uh, pull up exactly what he had to say after the game just to add context for everybody here uh and he did although it's high you know hindsight and results based they did convert on that that was the third and 14 to pick and so they ended up uh atoning for the issue there uh he says on the play where is it here basically just saying you know didn't want to turn the ball over don't play hero ball i think that was the phrase that you used that that he had uh quoted I'm After not the seeing game. it in the actual transcript here. Might have removed it, I guess. Hiding. Huh. But uh, that was what he said. You know, don't want to play hero ball. Don't want to take that, uh, make a bad play worse. And I have no problem with that. Okay. All right. I mean, look, I mean, it, it in, in the grand scheme of things, you know, it's just something that I, I felt we needed to address in this because it was. Yeah. I mean, it was you know, an ugly, unfortunate you trip on. That was Harris that he tripped on, right? Whenever he went to turn out. I believe so. Yeah. Okay. They, they yeah. clip. They clip feet there. Gotcha. I think you'll be uh, able to see that better in the end zone, all twenty-two, than than either the uh, either the TV plays. Or- okay. Anything from a snap count perspective that's interesting? I'm trying to look at some of the numbers here. That just uh, reading off a of PFR. Um, you know, tight ends playing a lot. Harris or um, excuse me, Jalen Warren, forty percent of the snaps. So you just just to go back to a comment you made earlier. Yeah, I think one of the the smartest things Tomlin's done is kind of swallowed his pride and gotten off the workhorse back mentality of having just one guy be the guy that does it all, which he had to love, you know, Lev Bell and Connor when he was healthy and the attempt with Najee Harris last year and really split time, keep guys fresh. And, and certainly Warren has been able to earn that opportunity and has compelled Tomlin to, to, you know, get off the workhorse thing so that there's that aspect of it. But that's been really good for both guys, this run game overall. Uh, real quick, uh, Montrevious, how's Montrevious Adams going to grade out in this game? I really, it's it's hard to see the like, nose tackle. Go ahead. I don't feel I, you know, watching the TV tape last night, I don't feel like he's going to grade out all that well. Okay, I really couldn't get a good feel. Um, I'm sure there was some negativity there. I, I it can't be worse than the first matchup. I, I don't think, but I really don't have a great uh feel there. That that's where this team needs to help, right? All season. Yeah, I think Adams comes back. I think as a backup. I mean, I thought he played well against the Raiders. It's still been a disappointing year for him overall. Uh, Alu is going to retire. I mean, just general defensive line help, you know, because normally with the ACL, Laudamoke's been a disappointment. Liao, I still don't know what Liao is going to be. Is he really going to be a true 3-4 guy? I don't, I don't see that. I think he's kind of the guy that was used in this role last night. Is that big hybrid outside linebacker that kind of moves around as a good athlete, interior sub-package rusher. So there's probably work to do at both your more four tech and, you know, zero one tech. All right. And Alex, your kneel down. 
I want to check the all 22, but I'm pretty sure James Daniels was at right guard. So I, I was looking for that. It wasn't my first thought off the make a pick, but it was one of the first five thoughts that I had after the interception there. I think he was at right guard. Uh, some other people on Twitter uh, also watching now uh, said the same. So that's a smart thing. Don't mess around in a game like that. Just line up at right guard, take the knee and take the win. I think, did it go uh, Dotson left tackle more left guard? Cole. Really? Hold on a minute here. Cole center, Daniels, right guard, a core four. Right tackle. Right tackle. So Dotson and Moore switched. Dotson was your left tackle. Okay. And and, uh, and Moore was your left guard. Dotson wants that left tackle money. That's just what he's going for. Played snaps to left tackle. Pay me like one. I didn't even catch that. So good catch by you. So I guess it's not just team, team standles moving around the whole lines doing it as well. So that's kind of interesting to see. All right. Tell us about an up back. Elijah Riley it wasn't Jalen Warren. It was Elijah Riley as the up back. The good news is they barely punted in this game, which is the best outcome when you're on your third string up back. Two punts and both safe rushes from Baltimore and Harvin. That second punt by Harvin was one of his best punts of the season. 51 yards, perfectly placed right right sideline. Miles Boykin did a great job to, to limit net there. 49-yard net is an elite number. Um, you know, Harvin's placement has really been strong. At least it's gotten a lot better this year. They ask a lot out of him. It's not just boom it between the numbers. They really want to get distance and limit returns. And that was a an A-plus punt by Presley Harvin when you were backed up a little bit to really kind of flip that field. Talking about flipping field, boy, they uh, they had a nice return in that game, did they not, the Ravens? Yeah, unfortunately, aside from the Harvin punts, the special teams were not, were not that special in this one. I thought it was really bad across the board. The Boss missed field goal. Uh, the two penalties on punt returns to flip fields, including one where you should have had great field position. You end up at your 25-yard line. The long kick return by Justice Hill, even there was another kick return that got out around the 30 that wasn't acceptable. So uh, kick coverage has been poor all year long. So I love myself some Danny Smith, but that unit um, has not been good enough. And special teams overall was was not good enough on Sunday night. Yeah, where are the plays? We've been talking all season. Where are the plays? You know, at least a couple. Where's the block punt? Where's the rip out of the football? Uh, just where, where where is that stuff? You know, it's not even that for me. It's a negative place. I mean, you know, I want the big plays, but I don't want the big negative ones against you. The long returns and the missed field goals. Boswell. Just just have Boss get everything from 50 plus. He's so much better from 50 plus this year than he is from 40 to 49. So just just even if you have to back yourself up five yards, take a penalty, take a delay a game and, and make it a 50 yarder for Boss. All right. Uh, there was a bit of a question in, in coming into kind of the final you know, last couple of games here. You know, who's going to be the Steelers uh, Joe Green uh, uh, rookie of the year award winner? Uh, I, I think it's easy to answer that question now. You're saying Pickett? Yeah, it's, it's got to be Pickett. Now. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously the stats aren't the gaudiest thing, but you look at the way this team's rallied in, in two game-winning drives, and apparently, I forget the publication, I apologize, Optra, Stats, whatever, I think mm. that's something how that they're named, but uh, apparently Pickett, the first uh, rookie quarterback in NFL history to have uh, consecutive you know, uh, back-to-back game-winning drives. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of deserving guys, Pickens, Jalen Warren, um, Obviously, you know, Kenny Pickett, but I think what Pickett's done as a leader to help rally this team, to bring them back from two and six, three and seven, uh, I think it's going to be Kenny Pickett. Because, I mean, it was a it was a question going into kind of week 14 still, uh, you know, theoretically, right? Because that, that was the game against Ravens and then Pickett gets knocked out of that game early mm-hmm. and then Pickett misses the next game against the Panthers, right? 
and then right. you pick back up uh, against the Raiders in, in this game. So I think these last two games, uh, at this point, uh, there should be no question in, in in my mind. I think Pickett uh, is your is your rookie, your Steelers rookie of the year. Uh, before the season started, I put on Twitter: if, if Mike Tomlin gets his team to the playoffs, <laughs> uh, they need to build a statue. I, I I I'm still there. That that's where I am with this thing, Alex. I mean, uh, I I honestly can't believe that we're having a conversation right now that this team is, you know has has a plausible scenario of making playoffs right now. And I, I, I think I think that speaks volumes for the job that Mike Tom's done. Should we be honest about some of the inside baseball we've been doing on the back end of the site, or should we uh, keep that under wraps with some of the, the stuff we've had at the ready? <laughs> Can we talk ahead, about that? Go, go ahead. I mean, I, what, what I've done what is what we do anyway. I mean, it's it's yeah. just minutia, but. For the last couple of weeks, I've had basically the equivalent of campaign concession speeches written up about the Steelers. Oh, they're eliminated from the playoffs. They had their first losing season. That that article's been been ready to go just in case. And every week I go in and start editing it. And every week I say, well, I guess I'm going to have to publish it. And I don't think I'm going to have to use this article anymore. So, <laughs> I mean, it's it's not even we're not even talking about like fanciful if 18 things break and then Pittsburgh makes the playoffs. Now we're in the category of only a couple things have to happen. And those things are realistic. Go over one more time. And I know you did top of the show, but go over one more time the scenarios in which uh, Pittsburgh becomes the seven seed. And look, they can even tie the the uh, they're, they're, you know, if they tie the Raven, I mean, if they tie the Browns, the Steelers, then they're eight, eight and one. Right. right. Uh and if both the Dolphins and the Patriots, I mean, yeah, Dolphins and the Patriots both lose their games, they're eight and nine, right? Right. So Pittsburgh gets in. Right. So, but I mean, let's let's for they would have to tie the the, the Browns that way, and then absolutely both the Dolphins and 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 the Patriots would have to lose. So the more more likely path is that the Steelers beat the Browns and then uh, the, the the Patriots can either lose or tie uh, the Bills. And the same goes with the Dolphins against the Jets. Uh, because okay. remember, uh, the Steelers have to get to, uh, in, in that scenario, nine and eight. They have to have a better record than both the Patriots and the Dolphins, end of story. They cannot uh, tie either one of those two teams in, with a record there. So uh, ideally what you want to see happen is the Steelers beat the Browns and then, you know, the the Dolphins and Patriots both not win. How's that? Right, right. Perfect. And and so what happened this weekend that, that broke so well in addition to Pittsburgh winning was Miami losing to the Patriots right. and then the Jets losing to Seattle. The Jets didn't have to lose to Seattle for Pittsburgh to, to still have something to, to play for, but had the Jets won, that path becomes incredibly narrow to make the postseason. They would have had to tie the Dolphins in the final week. That would have right. been part of the part of the scenario along with the uh uh along with the Patriots, you know, uh, right. so, ha- having to do their thing. Not zero odds, knowing what happened last year for Pittsburgh to almost get bounced on that uh, Raiders-Chargers game, but still would have been you know 1% type things. Um, really, for Week 18, the most, quote-unquote, 
difficult or unlikely part of that scenario is probably Pittsburgh just beating the Browns because the Dolphins may be on their third string quarterback. Skyler uh, Thompson. Yeah, yeah, Teddy broke his finger on that that pick six, and two is in concussion protocol. And I think both Jake Glazer and Mike Floria said that it's unlikely two is going to play in this finale. Uh, you have the Patriots against the Bills. Bills still playing for something, and and the Bills will be heavy favorites there. So if you had to kind of guess at what's most likely to happen, is it more likely that the uh, Jets beat the Dolphins? That's probably a, closer to a coin flip, but you could certainly argue the Jets uh, winning that one. Uh, the, the bill is likely to beat the Patriots and Pittsburgh got a good shot to beat the Browns. So it's only 15% right now, but it feels like you got even better odds than that. Well, they, they, they've got to have all those, all three of those games go at the same time, right? What do you, Oh, in terms of what time they'll kick off. Yeah. Right. I don't know. There's no official announcement. I think the Steelers are, are they TBA still on the, the kickoff time? I think it's the, I think they're trying to decide if it's, I mean, it's going to be on Sunday. It's either going to be a one or a, a what a four Oh five or four twenty five start. But, uh, I, I would think that you, I mean, you you want all those teams playing at the same time. I would think. Yeah, so that's probably all one o'clock starts then to make it. I don't know if you can have three at four o'clock on that. Right, one. right. So, uh, because what there was something was flexed, but it was NFC related last night. I think the Chiefs weren't the Chiefs one of those the teams Chiefs? that got got flexed or something like that. Uh, moved to Saturday. Here, okay. Here's what here's what it is. Chiefs and Raiders are Saturday at four thirty. The Titans and Jaguars, because obviously that's uh, a winner take all there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's Saturday night there. Okay. Uh, and then you got a lot of to be determined here that I guess that they'll figure out here in the next you know 24 hours or whatnot uh, for, 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 for Sunday action there. Gotcha. I think by Wednesday, they have to have the game time announced or probably have it earlier than that, uh, I would imagine. Yeah. So we'll wait. We'll see. So, so probably a one o'clock game. But we'll just have to wait and see. Right. All right, Dave. Any other final thoughts here? Just, I mean, just, yeah, j- j- just, just real quick. I mean, uh, you know, thoughts on 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 saying. That. I mean, should if they get in the playoffs, should should uh, ha, you know how much recognition should Tomlin get for 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 that when it comes to coach? He won't win it because I I think no. you're going to have someone like uh, the Giants head coach, right? Yeah, Brian Dable is going to win Coach of the Year as he should. I mean, he deserves that, you know, hundred percent. But I mean, Tomlin. I mean, it's just going to be unbelievable. Even if this team gets, you know, one and done bounce like last year um, to do it with this group where they were at. I mean, it just, again, say what you go about Mike Tomlin, lots of warts. You know, you can critique him in different ways, but these guys fight hard. They don't quit. And a lot of teams would have just laid down being two and six, getting blown up by the Eagles, going to the bye, three and seven. This team perseveres. They fight, they turn it around. And, and those are all big positive things. All right. Shall we get to uh, some emails real quick? Yeah, let's get to read emails and close out today's show. Uh, Bryce, we read it out. You're going to have to shorten these up, Bryce. Uh, Jeff Berg. uh, Hello, fellows. I must admit I was growing concerned that Kenny wasn't able to make plays in the final third to get us more points, especially with the run game going bonkers. Well, he finally did that on the on on the winning drive. Quite impressive now two weeks in a row. Still, this offense should be in such a close game. Defense holding the other team to so few points with rushing attacks so potent. But a W is a W. Uh, take it as something to build on. I, you know, look, I, uh, Jeff, I, I, I think that's that's the thing here is uh, close games like this with a young quarterback and a young offense is is they they the offense made plays when they had to down two 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 games in a row now. You know, uh, mm-hmm. there let you know ba- baby steps here. Uh, when when it comes, yeah, and we said during the show we want to see more points, obviously, uh, here, but uh. Uh, 
man, just looking back at these last two games, the, the, the way they've won, kudos to them. I mean, definitely grow up moments and hopefully the points will follow. Yeah, and they're big confidence things for this team. I know that sounds a little hokey and doesn't always mean you know everything, but for a young group that has to prove it to themselves and prove it to other people um, to to be able to draw on that, not just the theory of let's go out there and win it, but the, the you know hey we've been here before, we've done it, and, and let's do it again for any future games. Um, I think that's really huge. Dan Moore talked about the energy, the confidence his team knows they can do it, not just thinks they can do it; they know they can do it because they have been doing it. Uh, Paul Brown uh, writes in, uh, talks about the incredible drive for Kenny second week. Says, my question may be silly, but it's something I noticed in all of Kenny's postgame pressers. He is very open in his responses. What I mean by this is he's a divulging intricacies of play calls, what he looks for in a defense. Is this something he probably shouldn't do, or does it not really matter since the game is over? Uh, is it something future opponents can 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 take note of, or is it a nothing? I, I, I think maybe you're reading way too much. Uh, the, the, these teams know what they're trying to do to these quarterbacks and whether or not the, 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 you know, the opposing quarterbacks uh, trying to see it. So uh, I, I, I don't take issue at all. Uh, I mean, if he if he's if he's you know divulging stuff like certain checks or 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 uh, hot, you know hot you know hot reads or, or or signals or something, but I I don't have any problem with the way Kenny's addressing somebody, and I and I love it. I love to hear. Yeah. I love to hear players talk about what they saw and what they didn't see and and what led to something. Yeah, I love the honesty, love the transparency, and it's not saying anything. You know, it's talking pretty basic stuff and structures and all things that opponents can can readily see. So it, it's not any state secrets, I promise. Uh, Charles uh, writes in, I think Pickett got lucky on the winning touchdown. If you watch again, I'm 99% sure he was throwing to Sims and Harris broke off his route in the flat. It counts, but I don't think Pickett meant that for Harris. Uh, he says after the game that he did, and here's the thing, you're in scramble drill mode at that point. So everybody's trying to get to where they can help the quarterback uh, on, on that side of the field there. So uh, I'm not surprised that Sims was in the same area there, but in the same aspect they're supposed to kind of help the quarterback out in that situation there and i i'm i'm trusting kenny in what he says that 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 ball was for 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 naji i understand where you're coming from charles i just think that in that situation there it's it it's not going to be uncommon for two players to be in the same vicinity yeah especially low lower red zone you know in the end zone you're bunched up there i mean you know well, I guess we'll never know exactly for sure, but based on the scramble drill, based on what happened earlier in the game on that back shoulder throw to Nashi Harris when Pickett looked for him, uh, I'll, I'll take Pickett at his word. Uh, let's see. Chris from Old Bridge, Minka's hometown. That was awesome. I don't mean to sound like a loser, but it's amazing. We're still talking about, about playoffs in week 18. He said, Dave did say months ago, we need to get Tomlin the statue uh, <laughs> of this. If this team goes over 500, uh, he says, I, I want to know your thoughts on Najee. He's been getting those extra yards as Alex has mentioned recently. However, he has a nasty mean side to him and was punishing, finishing runs with violence tonight. He was, it, it was a signature uh, game for him in his young career. He says, you guys are, 
are sick like myself and can probably recall or search three to five plays where it'd be off script or design where Najee hasn't made catches down the field or contested catches this year. But tonight uh, he made one when it counted. He says, I agree with no running back in the first, but I feel like he needs some props tonight but wish he offered more in short passing game this year. Look, I mean, I, I don't have a, any issue the way he's played, and it's not his fault he was drafted in the first round. And and, and once again, I've, I've never had issue with, with Najee Harris. I've had uh, issue with spending the first-round pick. Uh, that uh, Not the player there, but uh, uh, he, he, has, he has really played a lot better since the bye week now was it the foot the whole time uh who who knows uh is it uh, the aspect that they the offensive lines finally got some continuity and they're mixing in Jalen Warren uh uh with a nice percentage there to to to, to kind of take the look it, it it's probably all the all yeah. the above to be yep. quite honest with you but he he is he's running it feels like with a lot more confidence he's running uh, uh, you're going to see one of these plays start circulating. Like I called, uh, uh said earlier in the game, uh, earlier in the show, uh, about that split zone flow with the, uh, with the jet motion where he really does make a nice read on that and, and, and shifts to the outside to find, find the hole in there. Uh, he, he's never going to be the 20 yard producing back. Okay. And, but he, can he be that kind of power back? that he showed that he could be last night and a guy that you compliment with a guy like Jalen Warren. Yeah. I, th- I think he can be that guy. And, and he does indeed uh, uh, deserve some compliments as he does with, with making that catch down the field last night. And again, everything you said there is hundred percent accurate. And I think it is all the above for why the improvement has been so stark health, demeanor, O-line workhorse, less so of that, all, all those things. This will sound a little hokey as well, but he's just having fun, like watching him post game. The tweet that you had of him taking away the mic and just mm-hmm. having a good time. It's just you know, good. They're just loose. They're playing with house money, not supposed to be here, and you're just having fun and balling out. and And he just ran so hard, even that final drive. It was like he's hurtling between the whole. He's in the pile and he's hurtling, guys. I don't even know what he's how he's doing it. It's pretty wild. He just ran so hard. There's one play. I got to go back and find the clip of. It's the end of the run. I think it was second half, and he just a massive collision between him and a Raven. He's just pulls forward for an extra yard or two. And you just felt the even just watching it slow motion, you could just feel the the intensity of that hit. And he's the one winning that matchup by falling for that extra yard. I mean, just both those guys, but I thought Harris in particular just ran so hard and really, really embodied what it means in a Steelers Ravens matchup. Well, I think they're going to get a lot more mileage out of both those guys if they keep up this kind of, and that's something that I called for kind of early in the season there, man, get, get Jalen on the field more. And, and, you know, don't try to, you know, don't, don't make Najee an every down player, you know, if you don't have right. to, I mean, it, there's, it, it, there's going to be games maybe where Jalen's dinged up or, or somebody's dinged up or something like that. But I mean, if you can, if you can get the kind of split and we, we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, if you can get the kind of split snap wise that they've been doing, you can put Jalen. I, I have no Jalen's shown that he could be out there on any given snap. And mm-hmm. take advantage of that when you can in games uh, to 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 maybe get keep Najee fresh so you can have these kind of things happen late in games. Yeah, when you don't have a true slot receiver, you can be creative with kind of who that that last 
skill guy is going to be a third tight end, a second running back, the jet, you know, the actual slot guy and gunner and Steven Sims, you got some, some mixing and matching and they're doing that. Uh, I think pretty effectively, there is something poetic about, you got a first round high pedigree guy, Najee Harris, you know, five-star recruit as one guy on the other end, Jalen Warren, snow college, Juco, no star recruit on the other, both guys playing well, both guys contributing. It's a lot of fun to watch. But what about the addition by subtraction of sending Chase Claypool on his way? Yeah, I think in some ways it's opened up this offense to to be more multiple, to be more varied in its personnel and looks. And obviously they're not getting a ton of production from the receiving standpoint there, but Steven Sims making plays and it's probably been some creativity that's allowed this offense to to do some different things, become more run minded with, you know, Boykin or extra tight ends and it's not going too well in Chicago, is it? That doesn't feel like uh, the comments from Claypool yesterday as they lose again. Everything, so well. everything we saw on tape. <laughs> I like to search the Bears' reaction sometimes, and then just getting sadder and more angry week by week about that trade. I mean, men lie, women lie, children lie, tape don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> it don't lie. I can't believe it did that trade. That's going to be the... It's going to be maybe it's still the top pick of the second round. Is that still? I mean, it's 33rd right now 33rd. overall when you when you factor in the Miami Dolphins forfeiture. If the Bears lose and the Texans win in the final week, I think it becomes the 32nd overall by wow. techn- technicality there. And uh, uh, I, uh, Claypool, I mean, he's had still, you know, speaking at confidence that he thinks of the look, uh, he had he had. No catches in that game on one target uh, uh, for the Bears. He missed the two previous games with a knee injury. And look, I'm, I'm not, you know, taking an opportunity to crap all over him here. But uh, uh, that I'm, I'm talking about from the deal standpoint here. This is a guy that's going to hit hit the proven performance escalator, I think, this year because of the snaps that they already had uh, percentage in Pittsburgh. So he's going to get a raise. Uh, they traded for him. And they gave up what they did because they kind of didn't want to get caught up in the free agency uh, uh, rush, you know, the supply and demand situation during the offseason, that wide receiver. Uh, this is the guy that's going to enter the inner in the final year of his contract next year. And that's normally extension time. I don't know how you can give that guy an extension right now, Alex. I really don't. I don't think so either. Again, I will say. I'm not, I mean, I, on a personal level, as a Steelers fan, I, I'm all for it, but teams should stop trading for the Steelers receivers. It is not going well when teams do it. They should stop doing it, but I, I will happily uh, keep keep giving those guys away for great steals. We'll never know, but do you think he was somewhat of a cancer in that locker room? I wouldn't use the word cancer. I think he was a young guy that was maturing and had a lot of immaturity issues, especially last year. I think he was maybe difficult at times. I don't think ever a, a cancer, but I think he was, you know, not, not somebody that was, you know, keeping that locker room together or maybe enhancing the quality and the strength of that locker room. I saw a comment on Twitter or Reddit or one of says, does he always fall? Does he always jump and fall back, fall down backwards? <laughs> yeah, he does. Bears yeah. Fan. Yeah. Uh, don't lie, folks. All right. Uh, that's a good opportunity to get out of here. Uh, we, we somehow managed to shift this into crapping on Chase Claypool. So that's that's not fair. Uh, pro- probably not the good eti- etiquette on it's our It's fun. Part it's all right. You know, it, we're having fun. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, look, 
let's just hope this team win, wins this final game and gets to nine and eight, you know, at least uh, whatever happens happens after that. Right. Right. You know? Right. Yep. Just survive advance, win the next one. And so far, I mean, it, it, it's not only the fact that Steelers are winning, but everything is breaking so perfectly. The last two weekends, everything has had to break exactly how it's broken for this team to have a realistic shot. And it has. And it happened last year and it's happening this year. And I just can't get my head around it. You know, I, I, you know five weeks ago, I wouldn't have thought we'd be having this conversation for sure. And here no, they here, were three and here, seven. Here we they were they were three and seven. They're going to be basically the only team in NFL history to go from three and seven and make the playoffs without like going seven and eight and seven and nine and winning the East and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, this is historical stuff we're watching. All right, get in and you know, it's a new, get in the tournament, right? That, that's, yeah, I mean, that's I, the goal and anything, just, just, I mean, anything can happen, I guess, but uh, cause it has. And um, hypothetically, who's most likely to be the two seed right now. We have any, I guess any, the any Bills, kind of a fight. Right? Yeah, I think Buffalo's the two seed right now. So you're thinking about if all this happens, you're going to face what either the Bengals, the Chiefs, or the Bills for a wild card game if you're the seven seed. Uh, let's see. The uh, Kansas City's thirteen and three. Buffalo's twelve and three with a game that 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 needs to be played tonight, right? Uh, and yeah. and and they they play against Cincinnati. So if Cincinnati wins that game, then I suppose that uh, what is uh, uh, Kansas City has clinched the playoff berth and a division title. Uh, same with Buffalo. Uh, I, yeah, I guess it could be one of those three three teams technically as we record this right now. Right. I think you'd obviously of the three, you'd rather see the Bengals again for a third uh, time. Um, but you know, you get into dance and, and see what happens. Right. All right. Uh, we will get back after this on. Wednesday here. So uh, in the meantime, uh, follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex on Twitter at Alex underscore Kazara. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show the Terrible Podcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, go to SteedersDepot.com. Hit the donate button upright navigational bar. Also, if you like an ad free version of the site, go to SteedersDepot.com. Hit the ad free button upright navigational bar uh, on, 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 on top of everything else there. And a lot of great content coming on SteedersDepot.com uh, this week. We got people getting credentials for the, for the uh, All Star game. Games, exciting time, but uh, we don't talk about that. We won't be talking mm. about the draft uh, until the, the Steelers are out of this thing, and they're not out of it yet uh, as we start uh, making our way towards week 18 here. So, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. Happy New Year. <laughs>